Welcome back to the 4A Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We are here with your last division, the AL West. From the Angels being in first to start the division, oh my God, the Angels are going to do it. And then reality strikes, and by reality, I mean the Houston Astros. We're going to hear about the Astros and this amazing run they went on. The Mariners, did they do what they were supposed to do? And all the teams below them, breaking down the AL West. How are we doing today, boys? Pretty good. I'm ready to. I'm ready to wrap up this whole this whole recap of the league, and I'm ready to give some grades on the AL West. Steps, how are we doing? Uh, I'm doing good. AL West is, is a little outside my pay grade. I'm going to be honest here, but I'm excited to talk about them. They're they're definitely it's definitely an interesting division, top to bottom. Yeah. No, this one's definitely uh, interesting to say the least. So to kick it off, we head to Houston. This team dominated. MLB in every month except for April. The, their worst month was April, where they had a 523 winning percentage, and they won the World Series. You know, this is one of the only ones we're filming after the World Series has taken place, so we know the result there. But they went 11 and 2 this postseason, and they dominated the whole way there. They had huge, huge seasons from some key players. They had Justin Verlander come back to be better than he's ever been before. And they've had a bunch of people step up how they've needed to. What do you guys think? I mean, this is just an absolute powerhouse, Brad. I, I think in my preseason prediction, <clears throat> I had them winning the World Series. I, I don't think – I mean, a lot of people thought they were going to win the World Series. This is this is the favorites. This is a this is an absolute all-star team of a team. Um, and honestly, with how much – experience they've had in the postseason before i don't know if there's even much of a question that they would make it to the world series i think there's questions whether they would win or not but i think they had the al on lock um there was worries about would pena live up to correa um i think those questions have been answered now um he's kind of exceeded that now and and honestly when you have this team and you you're just replacing these old players with members of your own farm system and and they're exceeding as well it just shows how well run this organization is they top to bottom the whole year were just one of the it, it, it's stunning to see a team come in like this and just dominate the whole season they had the pitching they had the hitting they had the bullpen arms were amazing through and through and you had you had there was the question of will jeremy pena live up to the hype that Carlos Correa was and my favorite part of the whole season in all honesty was the memes when Correa was sitting interviewing Pena in the World Series as he's holding trophies and then he'll see us MVP and then he won the World Series MVP but it's it's just it's incredible to see that it's a dynasty within a dynasty at this point and the Astros are just incredible to watch. Yeah, no, I mean, a lot of this work that they've done is inside the organization, Um, even if you like, you know, just building up these prospects that, you know, I know a lot of teams wish that, you know, that they could build these prospects, you know, to the levels that they have. Um, I know the Nationals, I'm I'm up there, you know, um, and keeping them, but hey, you know, it's special and they have another five plus years of, of this run with, you know, of the, because of their youth. This is what the Dodgers are supposed to be. This is when you look at the Dodgers team before the season, this is what they were supposed to be. And the only difference between them and the Astros is the Astros know what they're doing in the postseason. And it showed again 
And even their best pitcher, Justin Verlander, repeated some of his postseason woes. He obviously like made his comebacks. Like Framber Valdez stepped up to the occasion. Christian Javier stepped up to the occasion. Jeremy Pena, who had a good rookie season, nothing exceptional on the bat, great defense. He took over the postseason. It was either him or Framber for the World Series MVP. And the Astros Astroed again. It's six championship series in six years, and they've made the World Series four times. And keep in mind, this is also a team that dominates not on one side of the field. It's not It's not a team that specializes in one thing. They specialize in everything. They got good starters. They got good relievers. They got good position players. They can all field. I mean, Jordan is learning too. I mean, even, even their weak spots aren't really that weak. Um, the fact that I think today I was looking on my phone, they had nine all MLB finalists uh, nominations. That's that's nine nine players. That's, that's the full team. I mean – they are all MLB. They're the all MLB team and they can, they can pitch, they can hit, they can field. There's nothing else you can do. I mean, you can look at the statistics and the Astros fall within the top five in virtually every statistic. Um, I just don't know how much of a better season you can have, to be completely honest. There was except there was expectations for this team and they reached them and they exceeded them, I think. For sure. And one of the main things that I think helped that was Jose Altuve's turnaround. He had a pretty good 2021. He had an atrocious 2020. And I think this, honestly, since 2017 will always be tainted by the trash cans, this year was his career year. Like, this was Jose Altuve's career year. He was really highlighted, like, right next to Jordan Alvarez. Uh, you know, he's putting up a 921 OPS, 6.6 F4, just like Jordan. Jordan had a 6.6 F4, you know, primarily being the DH. So uh, he did spend some time in left field when he wasn't atrocious, but he kind of got saved by the Crawford boxes. Um, and Jordan, you know, 185 weighted runs created plus best bat in the league outside of Aaron Judge, which honestly, considering Aaron Judge was off out of this world this year, he was the best hitter on earth this year. Yeah, and even even players like Kyle Tucker, which ne- not necessarily were as good as the season before, even 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 them, they were all playing a role to this team. And and at the end of the day, I think this is the best record they've had in a. Lo- Wait, was this the best best record they've had? Uh, time, in 2019, they had 107 wins. Okay, so they almost met their 2019 season, and they're gonna keep replicating this. I think that they're gonna keep replicating this. Um, you got you got performances from everyone here. I mean, even Bregman came back in the postseason. Um. I'm not necessarily a big Bregman fan, but even he came back in the postseason and kind of showed that he kind of runs the postseason. Um, I think I saw a stat that is just the exact same stat line for the championship series, division series, and like the, he just keeps repeating and he's very consistent in the postseason. And I'm curious if he's going to start um, showing that consistency in the regular season because he's been a little bit more inconsistent in the regular season. Um, I'm hoping he can start doing that. So he had been pretty rough, like 2020, 2021. Like, obviously, he was the runner-up in MVP voting in 2019. But this year, he kind of made turns for the better. Like, I believe he was just over an 800 OPS. And, you know, he's really struggled over the past two years with being able to turn on inside fastballs while using the whole field. You know, he's either opening the front hip or just n- and not going to the opposite field or being jammed inside. And he was finally able to use the Crawford boxes like he once did. And you saw signs of progress. And he was really good in the second half of the season. Yeah, and one thing I want to highlight, and I want to ask you guys what your opinions on it. What do you think about the trade deadline? What do you think about the pieces that they acquired? Definitely think it was a win overall. I mean, Christian Vasquez played pretty well and was able to give Martin Maldonado kind of some rest there. Um, and obviously, we've talked about it. We talked about it in the World Series recap that that play by Trey Mancini 
single-handedly saved that game. Uh, that game was game five, I believe. Uh, it's, he single-handedly saved that game, and that's really all you needed from him to say that that trade was a win at this point in time. You got the World Series ring, and he gave you that game-saving catch. Yeah, that one trade won them, won them the trade, and um, made that you know just that into the traded on in total is a a total win. Yeah, I agree with that. And honestly, the trade worked out well for all teams. To be honest, like the Orioles got a pretty good prospect in Seth Johnson. Uh, the one trade that I was kind of iffy on was the Will Smith trade because I really just think there wasn't like any benefit to it. They got a left-handed reliever, and he did make appearances. I think he made like one appearance. No, he didn't make any appearances this postseason. He was only on the roster for the World Series, and he didn't even pitch in that. And so that was really just an inconsequential trade, Odorizzi for Will Smith. So that was like kind of the only bad move they made, but even then, it really didn't have an impact. They still won the dang thing. Yeah, And I, I, guess... believe, I believe as we're recording this, or did – get traded so it was kind of really a nothing nothing trade um both teams yeah. didn't even use that assets that they gained so it, yeah. a meaningless trade in total yeah Odorizzi got yeah, sent that... to texas for colby allard right yeah yep. yeah and you can turn to anyone in that bullpen i mean <laughs> it, it you can really turn to like three or four of those guys that i would consider better than will Smith. and it and you really don't you don't even need that you know and i i think for that reason that that trade wasn't even necessary, um, but clearly it worked out for him, you know. Um, but do you guys have anything else to talk about before we get into trades? No. Brad, you oh, muted. Brad, you muted again. Christ. Um, <laughs> I would have got. Uh, I wanted to highlight their pitching again. Christian Javier had a great season. Like he threw in two no hitters. They were Mickey Mouse no hitters since they were combined, but still two no hitters nonetheless. And. You talk about this bullpen, and like one guy that really stood out to me, I think we all kind of saw him this postseason was Brian Abreu, and he puts up a one nine four in the regular season. And I didn't know who he was before the postseason, to be perfectly honest. And I look at baseball savant, and he's in the nineties for almost everything in percentile. So another stud that they've developed. So I, I don't know where the Astros stop. Yeah, they just they just got talent all across the board here. I mean, I'm just looking at their bullpen right now. I mean, I don't think there's a weak spot. And even even Hector Neris, um, uh, he he well. he like I mean he pitched well. He coming from a team the Phillies, I think. Um, the Phillies fans didn't really like him because he's notorious for blowing games. And I guess that was a race when he went to Houston. I guess they 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 fixed him, and that's what Houston does, I guess. Um. I wish I could see more more players like that being adjusted by the Astros because a lot of them are homegrown talents. But I feel like if the more the more people that they start picking up, maybe in free agents off seasons that they can start working with, I think that you'll see a lot more players like 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 that. Um, but without further ado, let's get into grades. Um, it's an A plus. It's an A plus. They won the World Series. They dominated the league. I don't think you can give anything else. Brad, what do you think? I I want to go to Stevs first because he said on our AL Central episode that there were no A-plus teams this year. So I want to hear from him. I never said there were no A-plus teams. You said, said there I were no two. I said to that point, I had not given an A-plus. I said to that point. Also <laughs> to that point, when I said that, I had not given an F. So Later in that episode, I gave them an F. 
You got peer pressure. I'm giving the Astros <laughs> an A plus. Let's they are go. A plus. Yes. Team. They won the World Series. They were expected to win the World Series, and they did it. What's better than an A plus series or a season like that? Yeah, you see, I actually have an A minus. Um, no, I'm I'm kidding. No, uh, <laughs> a, a plus. A plus. So the four A podcast will only have three members from now on. <laughs> <laughs> And Brad comes out with a hot take. I got a B for him. Brad, what do you yeah, got? they cheated in 2017. <laughs> uh, solid F, personally. Yeah, for real. It's an A+. Plus. There's no ifs, ands, or buts yeah. about it. They did exactly what they set out to do, and undoubtedly they did it. So, uh, Real quick about the Astros. You know, they do have a couple questions come up this offseason, um, especially with their uh, GM. You know about the future. It'll be interesting to see what they, you know, what they do this off season. They'll be fine. They will be yeah, perfectly right. fine. Like yeah, they've but... they've already gone through one front office change and they stayed perfectly yeah. the same. They'll be fine again yeah. if it happens. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for the off season though. I want to see you know what moves they have and who they keep. All right, let's move into the Mariners. Um, a team that definitely blew us away. Um, I don't know how high everyone was on them, but I can tell you that. Uh, the ESPN pre-rankings had them at a power ranking of 14 with a predicted record of 82 and 80 with a 34% <laughs> chance of playoff odds. Um, they you made the playoffs. You had them at 88 and 74. No, I'm, I'm looking at the ESPN. And, and, and I'm just telling yeah. you what you had them at. So you kind of you kind of saw that they might have something here. Yeah, and I don't think anyone expected such a breakout season from Julio Rodriguez. I mean, this is this is one of the best players we've seen come up straight from the straight from the minors. Uh, one of the best rookie seasons we've seen. Um. And not only that, but also a really good trade deadline that ended up working out for them pretty well um, down the stretch. And for getting swept by the Astros, they gave them quite a square, quite a scare. Sorry, um, you know they really they did. Hey, and and I know, I know it, it doesn't the, the the score. I mean the 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 2-0 sweep doesn't look good on paper, but three sorry three zero. I'm sorry, um, but the 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 18 inning game, no one seemed to get across the plate, obviously. And the Jordan game, we all, we all, I'm just going to call it the Jordan game because that's exactly what happened. Um, but you can't highlight a whole season because of that. And because they exceeded the expectations, I, I think that I think that they're, they're, they're a team worth highlighting in, in a good light, not a bad light. I'm, I mean, if they, if they win that 18 inning game, uh, <laughs> the series is completely different. And who knows, maybe, you know, they sneak out another game to win the series and the Astros don't win the World Series. I mean, they were that close. Like Tom said, you know. Even though it was a 2-0 sweep, they were right there to win that series. Yeah, a lot of the Mariners, like, this is America's team. Yeah. The Seattle Mariners, they did it. They did break the 21-year playoff drought. I don't think we've highlighted that, of how, like, big that was for Seattle as a city, as a franchise. Like, I think their goal this year was to break the playoff drought. Obviously, like, if you can do damage in the postseason, then do it. But they did their job, and they broke the postseason drought. And they got... Luis Castillo along the way, which probably, in my opinion, that was the best trade deadline acquisition this year. I think getting yeah, Luis Castillo. Yeah. I think that the, the front office not being afraid of making those big moves like that, I think that just shows that this 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 team is, is willing to go all in. I feel like I feel like we're gonna see a couple of free agents signed to this team. I feel like they're going, they're 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 putting their foot on the gas, you know. I feel like the the GM Everyone's working together in this Mariners organization to really win. And they're not just trying to, you know, bring fans in. They're really trying to win here. Um, so I think having having a manager and, you know, having a whole organization pushing for that is going to be really good for the Mariners in the next couple of years. 
Well, I think after making that trade that they made midseason, you have to do something in the you know in free agency. I think if you're quiet in free agency, that raises a lot of questions. Um, but no, that trade that that's a win-win trade for both teams, in my opinion. You know, um, they they gave up a lot, but they got a multi-year deal, uh, a multi-year player, um, who you know is going to help them year after year. Um, and hopefully, you know, bringing a world to them. Stas, what do you think? Uh, I'm just looking ahead, kind of. Their, their season was a win by all scales. Uh, they hit every cylinder. They went out, they got the guy in free agency, or not free agency, over the trade deadline. They had their young pieces come up and do things. Julio Rodriguez was incredible to watch from, the, I mean, at the limited time as I got to watch him, it's, it's, it was incredible to see him play on the, play on the baseball field. Um, overall, their season is a win. We've said it over and over and over again. I'm just excited to see what this team can do in the future now because they have, they've proven that they're here now, but they need to prove that they can stay. Yeah, I agree with that. I I had them at 92 and 70 in my preseason predictions because I was kind of thinking like last year's team was more of a fluke 92 and 70. That kind of made sense. But this year's team, they were designed to be 92 and 70. They ended up being 90 and 72, I believe. And it's still a really good season on their behalf. Like they had a rough start to the season and then they got really hot as the season went on. And a couple of players that I think really highlight that was actually like Eugenio Suarez. He was kind of like the salary dump in the Jesse Winker trade, but he ended up having a really good season and Jesse Winker wasn't great. Um, but one unfortunate thing that I think it's time to admit is Jared Kelnick's a bust. Absolutely. Um, uh, I mean, absolutely. I think that I, would, if he was, sorry, you got that. No, I just, I think it's Seattle's and yeah, you can call him bust, but I think Seattle's just not the place for him. And I think if he went to another, you know, another team, um, well, maybe he can have a chance to regain. I mean, that's all he needs right now. Um, I, he needs to find a way to get out of Seattle the quickest, and a team I like is possibly. What about Arizona? I'd agree with that idea, but I think I they, they won't. If, they won't do it. But I don't know if Arizona's ready to try to do something like that. Yeah, but I do like the idea of Kelnick getting out of Seattle. But imagine how good the Mariners would be if Kelnick was somebody. Yeah, because that's another outfield solution that's answered. Um, and then. Going to this pitching staff, this pitching staff had a negative 63 run value. They were the best in baseball in terms of run value. That's pretty good. You know, I'd be pleased with my team having that. My team was second, but their pitching I mean, I, yeah, I wanted to highlight that the, the bullpen. I mean, the bullpen was like, was lights out. I mean, you got Seawald, you got Castillo, who obviously is not as good as he as he once was but it's still it's still very good i mean hold on let's go back uh you got you got munoz he he just emerged right this is his rookie season dude munoz was in the 99th percentile for whiff rate and chase rate and the 100th percentile for expected era uh, he's gonna he's gonna be nasty if he is to call and they just uh, they got a lot like i know he has arb but if they can like give him like a nice like long deal where they don't even have to worry about that i mean that's i'd be worried about the arm 
I really yeah, it, it's with yeah. The, especially with the flamethrowers like that. It's a little hard yeah. to gauge that, but I think sometimes betting on it, it's a little good. I remember watching Matthew Festa in the uh, 18 inning game. He locked him down for two innings. Uh, Matt Brash obviously pitched great. Um, you, you really got a lot of guys that you can turn to in this bullpen. Um, I will say, uh, great rookie season from George Kirby as well. Um, I you got you got a lot in this team. I think Logan Gilbert slowed down a lot, but first two months, three months, he was lights out. Um, I think if you could keep that up, um, maybe pick up a maybe pick up a pitcher, a starting pitcher in the offseason. I think this might be the best pitching rotation and, and pitching in general in baseball. Um, yeah. yeah. And then so Paul Sewald, like I think he's finally becoming a household name. He's been good for two or three years. But the funny thing is, Penn Murphy and Matt Festa are Paul Sewald. They're the same exact pitcher. It is a rising fastball in the low 90s with a sweeping slider. They're all the same pitcher. And why not like why not have a bullpen of them if they're all working, right? Like if you can only throw one for one inning, you still got two more innings of the guys. And like it's a really good squad. Yeah, and, and in this bullpen, there's only one guy being Seawald that's over the age of 30. These are all these are all young guys. I mean, not necessarily young, young, but below 30 is great. Um, so having a young bullpen like that is crazy. Um, and this is gen- generally a young core. So I think, I think that they're closer to success than, than a lot of people think. I mean, actually, I think now we're all, we're all becoming aware of it, but this team is close to success. I don't know if they can overcome the Astros in the next couple of seasons, but, um, put them in any other division and they'd probably be competing for the number one spot. Um, and I, I, I stand by that. Uh, Brad, you got any more comments? Guys, you got any more comments? I think Ste- Stevs, what were you thinking? Uh, uh, there's they definitely need to go out and make a splash in free agency if they they just because at this at the point they're at yeah they need to, their guys to kind of develop and grow a little more and just kind of learn the MLB like landscape but if they can go out and get like a quality starting or, or bullpen arm I think that'll do wonders not only on the field but in the clubhouse I agree with that. Um, it's just trying to figure out like where do you'd want to spend because obviously they have the Julio Rodriguez deal that can be up to eighteen years. Yeah, you have like <laughs> you have pieces around the you have pieces around the field, but where do you think like what area would you want to address if you weren't to go for the bullpen? I wasn't to go for the bullpen. <sighs> it's a, it's a tough question. I don't. Maybe a veteran outfield piece, because I know I know there's a lot of people in the outfield. It's kind of crowded, but they're all young. Um, so maybe like an like an older um outfield piece, in an in, infielder. Uh, you, yeah. I don't think you could go wrong. Yeah. With with anybody at, at the this point, I think if you can just get a a good clubhouse guy that can produce on the field, kind of like a. Brandon Nimmo type of guy, Michael Conforto, that might not be the worst idea. Uh, Tom also said it, a good starting pitcher. Um, like, you know, just to, even if it's just a four or five, but, you know, a steady four or five, um, you know, yeah, Adam Frazier, um, as, you know, another guy to lock up that infield. Um, and I, you don't need to make a huge splash, you know, like, you don't need to go, you know, for obviously you don't need to go get an Aaron Judge or this or that. Um, but, you know, just the pieces here or there to, you know, finish the puzzle. 
Yeah, I, I don't see Frazier staying with the Mariners. So I honestly think that finding a replacement for second base might be their next best thing. I don't know if picking up Gene Segura would be the move, but like trying to fill the gap there would probably be the best thing. What about I did Bogarts? See, I did see they were looking at that shortstop, that very stacked shortstop market. Because that so wouldn't be JP Crawford be... a second. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm pretty high on JP Crawford. I think he does have a high upside. I think he, he's not living up to his potential yet. Um, he's shown flashes of it. Um, but I think definitely going out and getting one of the big shortstops. Yeah. It's going to be expensive. Well, going on that shortstop thing, they don't have a shortstop in the system, do they? That Because I know they traded uh, Marte. Do they? they? They have Cole Young, but he's not. His ET is 2026. What about a... I don't know. Yeah, one of the one of the four or five shortstops out the dance be maybe. And they could, could also address after... it through a trade too. Yeah, no, yeah. you you could go like not somebody not as big. Um, you could go Correa. Just... In all honesty, he might take a shorter deal again if the yeah. market's not really big for him. But I doubt it. I, I, think, really I think. to see. Yeah, yeah, I think regardless of where you go, I think the shortstops are going to be expensive. But I think the Mariners with how assertive they've been with it recently. I think they're going to make a big move uh, and pay for, for a big name player like that. Um, you guys ready to get into votes? I mean, uh, grades? Yeah. All right. Um, I, well, let me go on my grade. I think I had him at an, yeah, I, I had him at an A. I mean, they exceeded expectations. Obviously the playoffs was a little bit lackluster, but actually I wouldn't even consider it lackluster. You're playing against one of the greatest teams assembled in the last 20 years. This is, I mean, you're not, you're not going to be, it's a David versus Goliath thing. I mean, and you, you put up a fight, whether the score says it, I mean, whether the serious score says it or not, you really, it really was closer than many people thought. So, an A, a fits them. Yeah, no, um, I'm lost at an A. Uh, you made the playoffs. Um, J-Rod looks amazing. Um, amazing trade deadline. You won in every aspect of the season, obviously, besides winning the World Series, but nobody expected you to do that. Yeah. Uh, that's the only thing, you know, missing them from an A-plus is the World Series. I mean, I don't even think a World Series for that extent. I think if they beat the Astros, it's an A+. Yeah, yeah just m making an impact in the playoffs would, yeah. They are definitely a solid, a solid, solid A through and through. They met their expectations. They exceeded their expectations. And there's – in no way do I call that series against the Astros a failure. Yeah. They definitely had their opportunities to win in, I think, all three games. They – could have done it. They could have taken down the World Series championship Astros, but again, they're just a young team that has some flaws. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you guys. Like, I think the only thing differentiating them between an A and an A plus is like the big postseason game. Like, not I wouldn't say game because they did have that big game against the Blue Jays. The big defeat of the Astros. If they have that. That's the that's a nice little signature on their season. But other than that, they did exactly what they set out to do, and they added during the season. They got rid of the pieces that weren't great, and they added the best starting pitcher available at the time of Luis Castillo. It's nice to see a team that will do whatever it takes to win. Yeah, and as Steph just pointed out, that's eight same straight. That's the that's the eighth in a row. That that is the most we've ever had. We've we've never agreed like this before. Uh, but I think it's time to move into the three bottom feeders of this division. <laughs> Three disappointments. Um, this might go a little bit faster. I don't know. We might rant about these. Um, but we're moving into the Angels now. Uh, a team that started off hot, like Brad mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, and 
cooled off and and, and more than that and, and, and worse. Uh, you imagine worst case scenario for the Angels. This is probably worse than the worst case scenario. Um, I, I don't know. This team was very disappointing this season. Um, you got you got Trout with the with a with a back injury that I honestly thought threatened his career, and he still managed to put a 40 home runs and dominate the league. Uh, you got Shohei in any other year who would have won the MVP. Um, and and the Cy Young, honestly, he's really he's really something else. Um, as um, and you, you really got a good performance from Taylor Ward too. Um, but you're missing a lot of these players here. Um, Syndergaard was not that good. Um, I don't think um, yeah, you, you had a down year from a lot of players on this team. Uh, and did, did, did Brad, correct me if I'm wrong. Patrick Sandoval was he good this season? Or was he, he was hurt? actually pretty good. He just he wasn't there that often. Is really what yeah. took away from him. Aiden, what do you got on this? They're just stuck in the same cycle. Like, they're in the washing machine. They just go over and, like, when are they going to get out of it? And I think this offseason is, is is crucial for them. I <laughs> We've been saying this, I think, for the past three offseasons. They have to make <laughs> – they have to make a splash. I mean, I don't know who it would be, but just – someone in the organization step up and do something. They need pitching, obviously, still. I mean, they tried to get it this offseason, um, and they didn't. Um, pitching, just, you know, get some. Uh, I, everybody wants to see Trout and Otani in the playoffs. Like, put them under the lights, and let's have some fun. You, you can't do it unless, you, you know, you get some actual good, you know, pitching and some low-end bats. Their farm system is not that good it's not terrible but it's just gonna take too long for the window of Shohei Otani and Mike Trout to get to the playoffs with these guys it's devastating to see two generational talents you have two generational talents on your team and time and time again you as an organization cannot get them to the playoffs it's it's just terrible they have one top 100 prospect right now, and he's currently up with the team. I think he came up towards the end of the year. Logan O'Hope. Um, he didn't play terrible. He has a small sample size, 14 at bats, but it's they just don't have anybody, and it, they need again. Like Aiden said, we've said it the last decade. I feel they need to do something in free agency. Yeah. And my notes were ordered. Shohei Otani was out of this world. Mike Trout was out of this world. Taylor Ward was pretty good. The rest of the team. They yeah. signed Rysiel Iglesias to a four-year, $53 million deal and then traded him. So same same as Syndergaard was, in, was only a one-year. Yeah, but I don't disagree first. with that because they admitted at that point they weren't going to win. They, yeah. they sold at the deadline, and that's not a bad move. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. I I mean, would like say, we mentioned before, um, with the White Sox, their their window is closing. Um, window wasn't open, and it's close. It's closing. But I, yeah, <laughs> windows. Closed. I, that the window, window of having a the chance, window is shut. The window of having a chance is closing, and it's closing fast. And I'm not sure what direction they even want to take at this point. Um, they're gonna choose whether to sell or to to hopefully make a run. But at this point, can you even can you even buy a, this team back? Can you even build this team back up? 
Yeah, yes, you can. Help, I mean, you need help. I mean, you have. Yeah, you have Trout. You have Otani. I mean, Rendon, but he has to stay healthy. I mean, at that point, just I mean, you can't do anything with him because of his contract. But you just got to get pitching. And there were a couple signs of life, like Reed Detmers. He threw his no hitter, and then he was bad, and he got sent down. He came back up, and he was pretty solid for the back half of the season. So hopefully, he turns into like he's not going to be an ace, but hopefully, he's like a solid number two, number three pitcher. Uh, Jimmy Herger was good in the bullpen, and Jaime Berea was pretty good. So having like a couple bullpen bullpen arms be there is a sign of life. But the, I think the only way this Angels team gets to the postseason if they just overhaul like they become the tampa bay rays with their analytics if they can just capitalize on cheap contracts and no-name players and build them up to support mike trout shohei otani and taylor ward that's how they get to the postseason at this point because i don't think they can afford any more big contracts yeah i mean you got yeah david fletcher um who was injured the first half of the season came back wasn't able to repeat what he has been doing in the past um but you do have a lot of young players like Moniak and Joe Adele, um, Joe Adele they, who haven't something. They haven't really proven themselves yet. Um, but I feel like I feel like there needs to be some something. There needs to be a sign of life where you see a star emerge because I feel like the whole the whole clubhouse morale is down right now. I feel like it, it's a bad it's a bad season. It's a bad decade to be an Angels player, you know. And it's unfortunate that one of the greatest players of all time is, is an angel for this long. Um, but you need, you need to start turning it around, not only with the amount of talent, but also with the morale in the, in there. I, 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 it's almost like the white Sox, as we mentioned, it seems like they're not happy to be there almost. I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't like firing managers in the middle of the season. I mean, obviously it was, it was a dumpster fire, but when you fire a manager mid season, it works for the Phillies, obviously, but um, didn't he shave his head too? He got a mohawk. He yeah. Himself a mohawk. yeah, he put a mohawk and, and he tried to even... turn it around. You just, Dude, the, the chemistry is so flipped upside down when this happens, and, Dude, and it if, just does not look good. If Mo, if Madden comes in that day with a mohawk, they start going. You see Shohei Otani <laughs> in September like pitching wild card caliber games with hurt. a mohawk. Like, I, I here's an idea. Why not go out and get one of the other. Japanese born, you know, superstar. I mean, because what if they're like, not good? Yeah. It's but a, you, ha- you have to risky. take chances now. You, you, you cannot. To, it's too big of a risk. Yeah, but yeah, you have to stage. I feel like you have to do something. Um, And, you know, maybe they, maybe they click extremely well with. Obviously, I know Shohei was this. I mean, he was obviously above all of them. Um, But, you know, you got you got to take a chance somewhere. Yeah, and I, I was at I was at an Angels game um this season uh, when I was on the West Coast, and honestly, something I noticed is that they are able to sell tickets, and they are probably satisfied with that just because they have the two stars in, in Shohei and Trout. They can sell tickets and get people to the ballpark to watch Mike Trout and Shohei, regardless of how bad they are. Um, and the fans. We're, we're 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 genuinely happy to be there. And I I mean, they I, was so nice. I was in a Giants jersey, and I was being greeted by these Angels fans, and they just started talking to me about stuff. And I I mean, they were really nice. And I this is a personal experience, obviously, but seeing a happy fan base in such a horrible time to be a fan for that team, 
it, it almost begs the question, would you rather have Mike Trout and Shohei and be bad on your team, or would you rather be good and have all these nobodies? I, I, I you know what I'm saying? Like, it seems like these play, these people, these fans are, are, are satisfied with, with having a mediocre team with stars. They, they've embraced it. That's all they know. I mean, it's, it's, you um, Kershaw back to the Dodgers. What? Oh, okay. Uh, what's the what's the time frame for them to trade Trout and Otani? Because it's coming, and this, it's coming quicker this year than both of them, or just Otani? Just Otani, probably. I think Otani would be a trade deadline move, and if they don't show any signs of if Otani gets moved at the deadline, Trout gets moved in the off season. Okay. And, and Trout still has eleven, right? Eleven years after this season, after no. next season. It's not that long. It's not that long. No, it's nine. Nine sounds nine right. Twenty thirty two, I think, is what it is. That would be yeah. a haul. That would be a haul. Yeah, I don't know if if teams even have the players to trade for that. I, you would lose your. Imagine entire... flipping them both. Same same deal. Like you would get, <laughs> just give just us your whole give team. Us, give us your prospect <laughs> system. Your whole... <laughs> yeah. I mean, you go from last place to first. I mean, but dude, does even the first place team in the farm system have enough players to trade for Mike Trout? Yes. I mean, yeah. I think you nine could get. I think I think you nine years of my Dodgers system That's... and probably could. I, I, I you think... have to lose everyone. Yeah, but you get Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Yeah. Yeah, probably not both. Are you saying a package deal? Both of them. <laughs> yeah, the entire farm system. The entire farm system. That I mean, I mean, look, look at what it was for Soto. I know Soto's expiring, and it's completely different if he had a contract. You obviously you have to add on a lot of you know like two you know, like three four more like high end prospects, um because you know he has a deal. But I mean, how old is Trout now? Thirty. Thirty. I mean, you, you do you think he's gonna be you know Mike Trout for these nine years? I think for at least seven of them. Yeah, yeah. I. I... I honestly think even uh, I mean he had, he had this chronic back pain and I thought he was going to be over and he hit forty home runs a season in like ninety eight games yeah. like what's a bad Mike Trout season an eight fifty OPS yeah even even that you take it like his down years are MVP quality years like yeah, I, I'm, yeah you can't you can't put it much more simple than that I I I don't know what kind of haul that the Angels would get but. This isn't like this isn't like Trout's going to leave anyways. This isn't you can't argue the same things you argued for Soto and all the other players. You know you you have to you have to take into consideration that this is nine years of Trout that we're talking about. This is nine years of the greatest player of our generation. You need to get so much in return, and to put that on top of Shohei would you you can't you can't bundle the two together. That would be physically impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but uh, yeah, ready to get into some grades here. <laughs> yeah, Mike Trout for the Rays front office. That's a beautiful trade. All right, Aiden, start us off with the grades. What do you got? I have a D minus. That, do- I, that doesn't exist. It's not a grade. It's a grade. I'm making it one. I, I don't care. It's, it's a D or an F. No, it's not no. because I can't give them an F, but I can't give them good enough for a D. That's the same thing Steph said yesterday. Steph's, uh, it's me and Steph's together. I, it's you can't, I can't because you have Otani and Chow, you can't give them an F. It, the seasons are just too good for an F. They give them a D. But you can't give them a D. I, the, the team around them sucked. I, I, I'm, I'm making it like Steph's, it's a D minus. All right, let's pass it on to Stevs then. What do you got, Stevs? Don't say it. You ready, Brad? Brad, you ready? 
Brad, are you listening? Oh, don't even think about it. Listen, you ready, Brad? They're an F. They're an F. They're, they're, oh they're my. wasting the years of Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Audible you gash. can't be higher than that. I, I gave him a D. Um, I, I, I think that's reasonable. I think you had some some good performances. I feel like people are underplaying how good Taylor Ward's season was and how good um I, I mean Reed Devers was not good, but the no hitter having a no hitter, more I think one of if not the only no hitter this season by one pitcher, um is is enough of a milestone to to get out of the F tier and into the D tier. You can just have one no hitter and and Mike Trout and Shohei and yeah. Taylor Ward and also Patrick Sandoval and they're not they're not the worst thing. Uh, but Brad, what do you think? Um, the they set a record for the highest OPS difference between top three in their lineup and bottom six in their lineup. Um, I find that hilarious, <laughs> and I give them a D as well because they. D for disappointed but not surprised. They literally won yeah. one more game than they did last year. And, Again, and this yeah, stuck in a cycle. I, I think we want to talk about expectations. I just pulled this up one more time. Um, let's keep in mind that the uh, Mariners were projected to be 14th in the power rankings. The Angels were projected to be 16th, and they were projected to finish with the exact same record as the Mariners were projected. They were projected to go 82 and 80. They missed that projection, but I think everyone was expecting. I was everyone was expecting the the Angels to fall flat on their face again. I feel like it's almost not surprising at this point. Um, but with that being said, let's move into the next team in uh, the Rangers. Uh, Brad, you want to open us up on that one? Um, I was. I think we were all really inquisitive about this team going into the year because they spent over five hundred million dollars this previous offseason and Marcus Semyon, Corey Seager, and John Gray, and. I think that a lot of us didn't have high expectations for this team. I was thinking like a mid 70 win team. Um, and to that degree, they didn't show up that much, but it was, it wasn't necessarily that the stars didn't show up. They didn't show up to the degree that they're being paid to, but it's just, there's such lack of oomph around them. If that makes sense. Like there's not much of a starting rotation outside of Martin Perez there's not the bullpen was actually okay, but there's kind of just a lot of holes in the field. Like Semyon and Seager played well up the middle. Nathaniel Lau had a great year at first. Adelise Garcia proved he was a guy. Like he's an actual like good baseball player. And then past I, that, yeah, no, I I know how you you know you you don't really like um like batting you know batting average you try to use you know like. Other things, um, but I did put down Seager with the two forty five and thirty three home runs. Their top four all had more than twenty six home runs. Um, Lau th- uh Lau twenty seven home runs, batting three hundred two. I mean, he was their best player this season. Uh, Garcia two fifty with twenty seven, and Simeon two forty eight with twenty six home runs. I, yeah, the average. Um, I I, I think. I think you do need another bat, you know, in the middle of that lineup, um, and you need pitching. The the ERA, another stat Brad hates, but the ERA um was twenty second in the league, okay. so you you need you you need help. But I think that was kind of obvious, even if you didn't even look at ERA. Uh, I might I might be behind. I might not be watching the Rangers that much, but 
they're not close to winning. I, I don't understand why you try and build around a 32-year-old Marcus Simeon and like and Corey Seager obviously is is 28. Like there aren't they aren't that close, right? I'm 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 not like a, a like an avid Rangers watcher, but this team and, and everyone's talking about the 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 Rangers buying in, in the offseason and, and buying all these free agents. Buying is for teams that are close. Um, and this team finished with 68 wins or something. What 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 is everyone freaking out about? What is everyone saying that the Rangers are gonna buy? Rangers are gonna buy. And why are they actually buying with such a bad core? I, they're not going to go anywhere. They got bored of losing and said, we're going to buy a team, but they turned out, they didn't realize that you actually need to develop some pieces there. Yeah. I, I just don't think this is how you run a team. I, I, I mean, Bruce Bochy. Bruce Bochy, yeah, I, he's I not going to fix coach. the team. I, he's a great coach. Uh, I'm repping uh, Giants right now, but he's just not the answer. The answer is a system, a system that you can rely on year after I mean, year. What if you go out and you get DeGrom? It doesn't make a difference. I mean, mean, literally nothing, Aiden. Well, okay, I don't think I don't think it's literally nothing. Not I think I think they I think I, I that think... wins you I think that wins you five ten more games, but that's that's a seventy eight like, win team that's paying three hundred million dollars a year. I'm not it's saying I'm not play. saying it's good. I'm not saying that they should. I think we'll go into this in another episode. I think they might, but I I don't think they should. I I mean another that, team I lost the lost at sea. I mean they they want to buy, but they shouldn't, and. They're kind of a Cubs 2.0. What do we do? I would not say that about the Rangers. I cannot say that. Yeah, the Cubs, the Cubs built the, the, the core that won the World Series were built. No, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying right, right now, now currently is what he's trying to say. I'm saying right now. They're, they're think, both they I, both I want to buy, but they both shouldn't. They should both sell and, and get worse. But I mean, at this rate. I think the club, the Cubs are closer in terms of having young stars like Horner and, and you really, I mean, like guys, guys we highlighted earlier, guys that I can only remember when I actually look up the roster because they're so new to my mind. They they have a bit more of a future, I think, than the Rangers. And honestly, the pitching staff of the Rangers is a whole different story. Um, I think he had a great season for Martin Perez, but outside of that, did we did we have any ones that I'm missing? I'm I'm probably missing someone. Right? Perez is a Perez is a free agent, so. There's a couple good bullpen seasons. Stevs, did you have something? Well, you're talking about they you you don't understand why they're signing all these pieces. I might have an answer for you, and it's the fact they have six top 100 prospects. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, a MLB, good system, yeah, which is a good system. Six, that's the most we've covered or that I've talked about. Um, and all of them, their ETA, the the farthest one out is 2025. That's Brock Porter. Um, but outside of that, one of them was Josh Young, and he, I believe, came up this year. And three of them are supposed to come up with next year, one of them being Jack Leiter. Another one's Evan Carter, who's an outfielder. So if you can Kumar sign Walker. these big-name players, right, and then you have these young guys come up and get put in situations that – could it it it's led to success before and i could see why the rangers are trying to sign these guys especially if they do go out and sign Degrom, and you have lighter come up next season sometime next season that's a good guy to pick pick his brain jacob Degrom and jack lighter that'd be an amazing one-two punch for a couple years before Degrom flames out yeah but 
I mean, bad. You want to talk about what you were talking to us earlier about the analytics with them and like they get that though. They do get that. I have a concern about Jacob Degrom. Is that the Mets aren't like tech gurus, but they understand pitching. I don't know if the Rangers do. And as Degrom ages, he needs to make sure his mechanics are efficient. And if they slip up, we've already seen an injury history. So it could be an injury history and also lack of productivity if you know because 102 is great until it's just left down the middle and that's not what it used to be you used to be able to get away with 102 down the middle nowadays it's nothing special yeah it's just this this type of rebuild is something you don't usually see you usually see it the other way around like the dodgers where they build up this team and then once they start showing that they can perform then they go out and start getting these big name players i think that the worst case scenario for this rangers team is that these rookies all come up and they all bomb. They all suck. That's the worst case scenario because then your system's gone and you're stuck with these long-term contracts but, that you're paying. No, I think that's the worst case scenario. Yeah, you said it's worst case scenario, but I'm going to go out and say you have six top 100 prospects. The, the odds that they all go in and just completely bomb, I, the, I, I don't want to say that's physically impossible, but I'd what are the say, what are the odds? I mean, I'd say six three of, of them are gonna be could be star studded. The other three will probably be somewhat good. Yeah, like this the Texas team. I think their issue is that they are trying to accelerate something that they're not even sure about themselves. They are gambling on these prospects, and that's fine to do, but there's not a backup plan. As Aiden pointed out, if you're stuck with these contracts, it's going to be like another A-Rod situation where A-Rod signed that big contract in 2000, put up great years for his first three years, and the Rangers were the worst team in the league, and he got dealt with the Yankees. So I think there is that possibility of if that happens, they can deal with the guides, but what happens when they're stuck paying $200 million to players with a team that they can't win with? I mean, yes, yeah, like you have, you have, you know, the two shortstops you signed are probably second and third right now. Uh, you know, who's going to want, you know, Simeon right now? Or, um, I mean, you might find a team, but you you have to commit. And I, at this rate, you've already, I guess you could say committed to buying, you know, after the last offseason. So I guess, I don't think it's smart, but I guess if you're the front office looking at it, you just got Bruce Bochy. You, you, you got to buy? Awesome. I mean, years and they're, years. They're complicated. Yeah, years and years after watching baseball, you, you know not to bet on rookies. <laughs> you know not to bet on prospects. Um, With that being said, it's not the worst in the world, but betting on prospects is, is really risky for your franchise. And I think the way they're reverse, they're reverse rebuilding almost is, is probably one of the worst ways – you can do this. Um, and I'm ready to get into grades. You guys want to highlight anything else, Brad? Uh, no, I think that was a great quote. <laughs> say what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I gave them a D um, just, just because they weren't expected to be good. They were not good. Um, I will say the performances from, from Simeon and Seeger both improved significantly after rough first months. Um, you, you got a lot of prospects coming up, uh, which is is a good thing. Um, it could blow up in their face, but 
and I think a D fits them. A D is the second worst grade you can get, um, other than a D minus for you guys. Um, so I, I, I think that that fits the team though. I, I think that, I think that this team needs to advance in the front office before it can advance on the field. What do you guys think? I'd go, I went with a C minus only cause yeah, they did have a terrible season. They weren't supposed to do be good or do very, I mean, I think I, I kind of had a little higher expectations for him because Seager and Semyon were good. And I had, I think preseason, I had Seager maybe being in the MVP conversation, which he was not. Um, but they didn't have a good season, but I can see the future coming and I'm excited for that. So that's why I ended up at a C minus. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm with Stevs here. I also want to see minus. Uh, I I think this this might sound a little crazy because it's a huge what if. Lau saved the season, in my opinion. If if Lau didn't have this good of a season, um, I think we're looking at a, a D. But I just I like what I see from Lau. I think if I mean I guess you like I said you kind of have to buy if you buy and you know so that I mean you can look at a possible. 500 season but the lost they have me uh, lost i've never said this about a team i'm so confused on what grades you give them because i have no feel for them mm-hmm. like i know the direction they want to go in and if i'm giving them a grade on that it's a d but given what they were last year it's a c if that makes sense yeah but I'm going to grade on the fact of where they want to go. And so I think they get a D grade. Yeah. And that transitions us into our final team, the Oakland <laughs> athletics. And honestly, I know they were horrible. They went 60 and 102. That is not a good record, ladies and gentlemen, but they did what they they did what they were trying to do. They sold in the off season and they're calling up the rookies to play. They had veterans there to lead the rookies and they let the rookies play. And yeah, were some of those rookies not ready? Not at all. But you know what? They put rookies on the field to get development. And I think that's a lot better than what could have happened. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like this is the the good side. I mean, you, you got rid of everyone that you needed to get rid of, I think. You know, you didn't hold on to anyone because you really cared about them, like Contreras or, you know, you can name all the teams in the league that held on to their stars, like the Red Sox maybe even. Like, they they, they got rid of everyone that would help them progress as a team. Um, and I think that's how you're supposed to do it. I think that's how you're supposed to rebuild. You know, you can hold on like guys. It was Bassett traded this season or last season? I think it was the beginning Off of the season. Offseason. Offseason. Off season. Okay. So – so that was like you got Bassett, you got Frankie Montaz, you got rid of Manaya last a while ago. But you know, you just this whole this whole idea of just completely flushing out the old team and trying to build around that. Um, you do have an abundance of catchers, which is weird. Uh, you do have Sean uh, Sean Murphy, you have Langliers, and you also have Soderstrom coming up. Um, I think that calls for one of them being traded. I think I think Sean Murphy will definitely be dealt in this next season. Um, which just adds on to the formula that they've been working with over the last couple of years. I think that they're going to get a good haul back for a gold glove catcher that can hit decently. Um, and I, I think they're just going to keep 
keep doing this until they reach a team that's a little bit more complete. Um, but they have a lot of players coming up in the next couple of years. So I'm, I'm not too worried. I feel like, I feel like it's all perspective. I feel like if you look at the team, like I mentioned all, all the time, if you look at the record without the team, it's like what would happen, but this, this is the A's they're in rebuild mode. They're, they're getting pieces back and no one, no one expects them to be that good. And for what, for what they're trying to do, this is, this is kind of on track. It's not something that blows you away. It's not something that, that gets you upset. It's it's what happens in a rebuild. And it's kind of boring, but yeah. No, yeah, yeah, 100%. I, I, obviously, the A's, you know, they play late. But I watched absolutely, besides when the Nats play the A's, no, zero A's games. And the only memory I have of the A's this season is Stephen Vaught's retirement, you know, and they did it the perfect way. Um, that's the only memory I have of these season. Um, and then you had a big statement towards the end of the year. I think just recently was the statement about, oh, I don't see the A's in Oakland much longer. Right? We had a statement, and I, I believe Vegas is – whether they're going to turn out to be something along that lines. Um, and I totally agree. I think in the next five years, they would be the Vegas athletics or the Vegas, whatever. I, th- I think the time's slowly. Yeah, coming. I, I think that's unfortunate. I, yeah. I, I like the city of Oakland. I mean, the city of Oakland is not going to be a sports town for much longer, unfortunately, but um, I, I think it's going to change a lot. Um, you know, you got the Warriors leaving Oakland. You got the um, you got the Raiders leaving. And I, I think if they can't get a deal with a new stadium set up for the A's, because they're they need a new stadium. I don't know if any of you guys have been to the Coliseum, but I have been, and it is it is interesting. Uh, it's got character. Uh, it's 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 funny shaped. It, it's interesting. Um, I mean, don't they have a band? This, yeah, everything about this organization is interesting. Um, and I don't know if if that's something we can highlight to to you know like to like talk about their grades, but I think that being in Vegas might change the market of the team and how, how they spend, you know, I, I think that Moneyball won't necessarily be Moneyball in, in Vegas. And I, I don't know if that's good for baseball or bad for baseball, but I think it's probably a good thing to be in Vegas, but that, that's a whole nother conversation for a whole different day. Um, you got, you've got some, you got some decent stars on this team. Not, no, no, no stars, decent players. I'm sorry. Um, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed in Christian Pache. Um, I really, I was high on him uh, on the Braves before he got traded, and I thought it was a steal of the century um, to get him on the A's for this rebuild, and it just doesn't seem to be working out. Um, I don't know about the analytics on this team. Brad, you can talk about that after Aiden, I mean, after Stevs, but um, I, I, I hope this team can figure out the young players. Stevs, what do you got? I don't like this athletics team. I don't like the direction they're trying to go in. You guys have been preaching this, uh, not preaching, but talking about how, yeah, they just flushed out everyone trying to get prospects and and rebuild and let their their young guys play. I don't, that's not that I don't like that. It's that I just don't think that that's how you should play baseball. Like you should try and put your best foot forward and they just gave up on this season. The Nats did that too and I hated it and I've talked about how I hated it. But I don't, I don't like this brand of baseball, and it's just, it's just disappointing to me. Um, 
I'm looking at their their prospects, their farm system. They got three top 100 guys. Uh, Tom mentioned one of them, Soderstrom. Um, he's a first baseman catcher. I do think they're they're gonna try and 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 move Sean Murphy this off season or maybe before the deadline. Um, try and make room for him. Maybe maybe not that soon because he is his ETA is twenty twenty four. But I could see them moving him. Um, outside of that, I don't. I just don't like this team. I don't like the brand of baseball that they play. Is it good for baseball? Maybe, but I. Just, I definitely think they're gonna. They are. They will not be in Oakland by. I don't even by twenty thirty. They definitely will not be in Oakland by twenty thirty. I think the thing that we have to understand about this team is they didn't want to trade the Mets. They couldn't afford them. That's not the. That's not like this team not wanting to win. It's they don't have the money to do it. Like there's a reason that they like Moneyball comes from Oakland. Uh, you'd hope at some point the owner would put any ounce of money into the team. Uh, I think you mentioned they might rename. I hope they don't. I think like the continuation of the name Athletics is really 100%. important. Like they're from Philadelphia Athletics to Oakland Athletics. I hope they continue to be the Vegas Athletics. And that name's fine. Um, the Vegas A's. Yeah. <laughs> but, and if if you want to like rebrand a little bit there, that's fine. Tom, you asked about the analytics of this team. I did Christian Pache at a 34 OPS plus. He was 34? He was 66% oh worse than a league average hitter. Um that's embarrassing. That is humiliating. Sean Murphy had a really good season. Um absolutely underrated. I think. If you want to look at Sevs, you mentioned a Sean Murphy move. I think he is going to be a St. Louis Cardinal on opening day next year. Mm-hmm. I think I think if they don't get, uh, I know they were talking about. I know people were talking about possibly Wilson Contreras. Mm-hmm. Um, no, the Cardinals catcher will be an All Star. I think if it's if it's not Contreras, they're going to go out and trade for one. I agree with that, and something that sucks about rebuilding teams is that the players who might have something they kind of just don't get looked at but they had James Caprellian last year who was kind of a good story and this year he regressed Cole Irvin he threw 181 innings but he wasn't that good this year and I think Cole Irvin would be good with a team that cared <laughs> um and at least they did finally trade Frankie Montas. It only took what two years. Um, <laughs> and then you remember Paul Blackburn was that yeah. all star for the A's, and then he got sent down. Um, yeah, I mean <laughs> the bullpen was the bullpen was not bad actually. Like if you were to give that bullpen to a contending team, they I think the contending team would be like, okay, we'll take this. Like Domingo Acevedo was pretty good. AJ Puck finally, you know, was consistent enough, like consistently healthy enough to stay in the major leagues for a full season, and it was a good campaign. Mm-hmm. And I think that if they do invest in these players and they can work on Domingo Acevedo, he's going to be a new Liam Hendricks for them. He's got really good swing and miss stuff. He's really high in the whiff percentile. It's just as funny as it sounds. He's got to throw it a little bit out of the zone more. Like the Age? effective. Huh? How Young. old is he? Young. Young. Um, I, uh, I think their window. I think their window might be a little bit further. 
than than all most rebuilds just because the sheer amount of players that they have right now yeah. um in their system and I, I think i think that sean murphy will probably be like 34 by the time the a's are competitive again so i think that dealing him will probably be the best move for them and dealing him as soon as possible because this guy is in his prime um i, I definitely think that dealing him soon is, is a good option um i i honestly might wait until uh, the deadline, just because there's a lot more panic at the deadline for for getting these players, especially when teams know and they're like, oh, crap, I, I'm making a postseason run. I have to pick up good players. I think that almost creates more of a panic for teams and more of an incentive for them to go out and, and grab these players before it's too late. Um, yeah, I, I think you check it, though, you know, to begin the season, you know, check his price, see where we, you know, see where, you know, his current value is. Um, and then, you know, obviously, if you, when you go if you don't like anything there, then you can up charge him at you know at the deadline. But yeah, um, any anything else we want to highlight, guys? All right, uh, I'll start us off with the grades. Um, I gave them a D plus. Um, the result and what they're working on is, is working, but I think that the team they have now severely underperformed. Even even if we're talking about the players on the team now, like. You got a bad season from Pache. You got a bad season from nearly all your starting pitchers that were good last year. Paul Blackburn disappeared. Cole Irvin wasn't that good. Uh, Caprillion, I thought, would be a trade deadline piece, but he was so bad that he wasn't eligible for it. Um, you pretty much had a down season from a lot of the members on the team, and for that reason, I give them. I would give them a D, but I think the fact that they're making progress towards what they're eventually going to work for, and the trade deadline was not bad, I think that raises them to a D plus. I was right there with you. I had him in a D plus as well. They, I mean, I said my piece. I don't, I don't like this team as constructed. I can see the future. I see it. One hundred prospects. It's that's you know, to say is terrible. And uh, I mean, I'm excited. I want Oakland to be good, but they won't be. They'll be Las Vegas in the next coming years. And I think, hopefully, the Vegas whatever they are will be good. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, I, I I had him at a D, but, you know, Brad said something, you know, at the beginning of the episode, you wouldn't expect them to be good. They've done their job. And because they've done their job, I'm also going to go with the D plus. They've, I mean, you expect them to suck, you you know, this, that. Um, but, <laughs> um, you know, I just, it'll be interesting to see what they do this off season. Um, you know, like Sean Murphy, um, maybe some pieces. Um, okay. Some pieces, you know, to try this deadline and, you know, really get a little more assets. Um, but Brad, what did you have? Uh, I went a little bit of a different route. I went with a C because they did what the job was. And it's relative. I've been grading it on relative to what they were supposed to do and what their future is. And they did exactly what they were supposed to do. They sucked, and they traded away their players, and they did a they really have, good job at that. Yeah, they have the same odds to get that number one pick. They have the highest odds, so. Yeah, and honestly, I would like the prospect to go to Oakland because maybe there's actually a chance of him being developed into a major league player. Yeah, especially especially considering some of those bottom feeder teams can have really bad development. So I think a team like the A's it should be should, – I don't know. You got to keep trading, keep repeating the process. Uh, it's proven to work. Moneyball is a, is a formula that has worked for this team in the past. Um, 
but uh, that that wraps up the AL the AL West, right? I mean, Brad, what do you, what do you think? I think this division was really top heavy, and it was really interesting at the top. I was really excited to talk about the Astros and the Mariners. And I think it's a good conversation because these teams are going to be good for the next couple of years. Astros probably until time ends. <laughs> the Angels are lost in Aiden's washing machine. Uh, yep. Rangers, I think they need to look in the mirror and figure out what they want to be and how to get there the proper way, not just how they think they should do it. And then Oakland's in the middle of a rebuild, and there's no other way to put it. And I think that this division... It'll, it'll be good in a couple of years. Hopefully the Angels can finally join the dance. Um, I don't know if they're going to. And we know the Athletics will be back eventually, whether they're actually in Oakland when that happens or whether they're in Vegas. The Athletics will be back to compete at some point. It's gonna, This division is going to take a little bit of development in the bottom three teams. So you know who the next, the top two teams are going to be for the next three or four years. And I think that's the AL West I- in a nutshell. Yeah. I th- I think in the next five years, <laughs> this might be one of the best divisions if they can all go accordingly. Yeah, I mean that 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 wraps up our uh, that wraps up our whole MLB ratings for the season. Um, no no uh, real shockers in this episode. Um, you know, last episode we had some differing opinions, but other than that, um, we started off the episode really really on the same page and uh as we got into those bottom teams we started to disagree a little bit more but uh, we're, we're relatively on the same page for these grades uh and that just covers everything um brad you want to wrap us up today thank you for listening to the 4a podcast you can follow us on instagram tiktok youtube spotify and apple Podcasts. be sure to check out the tiktok where you'll be getting a daily dose of stevs highlighting everything that's been going on in this off season have a good one we'll see you next week with free agents and the hall of fame peace